Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Now, I am not reintroducing the idea of purgatory. But on the other hand, I do believe the baby was thrown out with the bathwater. With that came a belief. When you die, you're instantaneously and magically made perfect. The soul of someone who dies immediately goes into eternity. There is no place where you make up for your sins. There is no purgatory. In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Me! Me? Pick me for this one. This is Wretched Radio. Headline asking the question, why don't men sing in church? (laughs) A really helpful article that might encourage all of us to think a little longer and a little harder about what it is that we are presenting to help the congregation Worship better, in particular the men. I thought this opening was rather amusing and all too common from David Murrow. It happened again yesterday. I was attending one of those hip contemporary churches. Well, see, you're in trouble right out of the gate there. And almost no one sang Worshippers stood obediently as the band rocked out, the smoke machine belched, and lights flashed. Lyrics were projected on the screen, but nobody sang them. Almost nobody. A few women were trying, but I saw only one male other than the worship leader making this attempt. Now, let's just say that this fellow's observation is correct, that too many men are saying, I don't care to sing along with this any more than I care to sing along at a Taylor Swift concert. I'm trusting you were you were forced to attend that. They aren't singing because they're watching a show. Now, if that is true, don't we out of necessity of that realization need to consider are we putting on any sort of a show for the congregation? Let's be honest, at these at these hipster churches, they're 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 putting on a, a B-rated rock concert. That's that's what they're doing. And the guys just aren't digging it because they can't sing along. They don't want to sing along. They're just there and they watch it and they endure it until they get to sit down. Now, if that's true, Shouldn't we at least ask the question, what is the configuration of our worship? Let's go back in time, shall we, and study how it is that we used to worship. In the Middle Ages, we didn't. (laughs) Because the Roman Catholic Church had the liturgy and the songs in Latin. Only the cantors and the priests would do any sort of singing, if you could call it that, And the congregation just watched. The Reformation changed that. Probably the the fellow that is most responsible, or at least made the most effort in this regard, was Martin Luther himself. You could also argue John Calvin. If you recall, they believed that worship needed as much of a Reformation as the gospel did. In fact, they suggested you got to get worship right before you can get the gospel right. Martin Luther, he really pushed to reintroduce congregational singing because I think the early church did. If you read the Didache, 
There were songs that were sung. They weren't performed. It was congregational singing. Now, let's fast forward after the Protestant Reformation. Hymns were codified in a little book we used to call the hymnal. And after about a couple hundred years, we had a thousand hymns smashed into one little book. And virtually every church that called itself a church had those books in the pews so that the congregation could sing along. And overall, we did. That started to change, I would suggest, late 90s, early 2000s, Two reasons that we started to see a shift in worship. One, the rise of contemporary worship. We're hearing these groovy songs on the radio, and they're being introduced then into the church. Two, PowerPoint. Suddenly, you don't need a hymnal. You need the words. And according to David Murrow, he suggests that that morphed then into, hey, we could introduce... 10 new songs a week. We don't need to be bound by a hymnal. No publishing, pun intended. We can sing anything that we want to. Wah and la, they did. They decided to start singing virtually everything. And the statistic that he comes up with, and and I've read this statistic before, is that there were about 250 songs that were sung most regularly in the church because people knew them. They liked them, and it helped them to sing them. But along comes PowerPoint, all kinds of Christian songs being written, if you can call some of them that. And all of a sudden, you're not bound to 250 songs. You've got 250,000 songs. You can, sing, you can introduce anything you want to. He writes, years ago, worship leaders used to prepare their flocks when introducing a new song. We're going to do a new song for you now. We'll go through it twice, and then we invite you to join in. That went flying out the window. Songs get switched out so frequently. Who can know them? Unless you are spending all of your free time with Elevation, Hillsong, and Bethel playing in your ears, never a good idea. I don't know these songs, and I don't have any music where I can sight read it, which is a little dicey at best, but even so, I can tell when a note is going up or down. I can track that. I can see when it starts to get to, ooh, at least maybe an A, but a B. I'm in trouble because so many of the keys these days are written so screechingly high. In hymnal days, you had some of those. Sometimes the high note, a D or an E perhaps, high D or high E. But that was about it. I think one of the reasons so many men refuse to sing is they can't. They literally can't. If you want to sing along with the guy on the stage, you've got to drop it an octave. And then you sound like that guy. And being self-conscious as we are, we just don't. That's what's happening at churches because I believe key is the issue A lack of familiarity is the issue, but I think that there is another issue, and be careful, this might graze all of us. David Murrow writes, The church has returned to the 14th century. Worshippers stand mute 
as professional caliber musicians play complex instruments sung in an obscure language. (laughs) Martin Luther is spinning in his grave. (laughs) If you've been amening this, my question for you is about configuration and presentation. Another aspect of church worship history is how it was conducted. And historically, it was done with an instrument called a pipe organ. That was standard fare in Protestant churches, Roman Catholic churches too. We sang along four parts as somebody tapped their way and banged away on an old pipe organ that was regularly not in view. I, I, I remember the church where I first started going to church, wasn't say, but started going to church. The pipe organ, you could see the pipes up in front, but the organist and the choir were up to the right in a loft. And they, you, I remember, well, like eighth grade, going, why did they do, I can't see them. And why are they wearing robes? I can't even see them anyway. And there was a reason for that. I think the designers of churches didn't want us to see them. They didn't want us to be looking at them as if they were presenting worship and we were simply following along. Instead, they were to enhance the worship and we would sing along with them or they would indeed do a special number, but it was out of you. You just heard it, so you had to think about it. That's all shifted. Everything has been brought center stage. Everything is right up front. And if it is true, and I'm just asking, if it is true that men aren't worshiping because they feel like they're watching a performance in a key that they can't follow along with to an unrecognizable tune. What is the configuration of our worship in our church? Because if it really has an impact on men when it's the rock and roll show, wouldn't it have something of an impact on men if it's not so much that it's, 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 it's the contemporary thing aside? It's, it's that they are still watching somebody perform the worship. The people who used to build churches, our forefathers, used to think a lot on these things. The design of churches was well considered. They weren't simply utilitarian structures. They had some theology behind them. And I'm not telling you how to run your worship. Okay, I'd like to but I'm trying not to, maybe we need to take a look at what are the songs we're singing, how recognizable are they, what key are they in, and are we in any way, shape, or form turning worship into some sort of presentation where somebody up front is the center of attention with the result being, can't speak for the ladies, the men aren't singing. Although I'll confess, I got to tell you, when it's done right, even with the worship leader up front, it can be a beautiful thing. How do we accomplish that? Next on Wretched Radio. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Look how small it is. Tell me 
that doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. How would you like to be considered the second smartest person on the planet behind this guy? It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was. Okay, maybe that was a bad example. But what I'm trying to say is becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner is one of the wisest decisions you'll ever make. Gospel Partners Media is a 501c3 nonprofit, meaning all financial gifts are tax deductible. But other than that, why should you consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Simple, because it's your gifts that help us create compelling gospel-centered content that reach millions of people all over the world. And we're members in good standing with the ECFA, the financial accountability folks who audit our books yearly to keep us transparent and accountable to our gospel partners. And 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. So would you prayerfully consider partnering with us at Gospel Partners Media? Just visit wretched.org slash donate to get complete details. We think it's one of the wisest investments you can make. Wretched.org slash donate. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 270 AD. A wealthy young man named Antony gives away his possessions and begins life as a hermit. Disciples follow his example, and the first monastic movement began. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Maybe this is another reason most folks aren't singing in cool churches. This is Wretched Radio. These days, we put on a show, and boy, it's got to be a whiz-banger. And ooh, the graphics have to be perfect. The lighting needs to be set correctly. And men aren't singing. And I don't think many women are either, by the way. I think there's a multitude of reasons. The key, unattainable. The lyrics, unrecognizable. And they're watching a show. And there's no need to. What? They're performing for me. Which has some implications for us, which we will examine. But this might be another reason why, Jimmy, if you're... If you're preparing for Easter and you're a little bit rushed, 
I, I got your back, buddy. Oh, you get an answer? Oh, for just forty nine ninety nine. Oh, I mean, a- that's the basic entry level. But I do have the solution for your busy pastoral schedule preparing for Easter. What is it? An email I received. Hi, Todd. If you're like most church leaders at this time of you, so apparently when you send out a mass email, you don't have anybody proofing it. If you're like most church leaders at this time of you, you might be feeling behind, underwater, and stressed about all you need to do to prepare for the special Sunday season in your church. That sounds familiar. We want to help you because that's our business. What do we provide? (laughs) Easter in a box. I wish that I were making that up, but that's literally what they call it. Easter in a box. Easter is coming, but don't worry. We can help make this the best Easter season ever. We have a fully stocked library of Easter content for you, including series in a box. The sermon that your sermon's done, Jimmy. I, I, I need that. You know what? Just you can just grab that, pay for that, tr- look over the notes. You know, prepare by looking over your notes, and then do your best to present it like it's actually your work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll never know the difference. <laughs> Was thinking about some of these pastors and how they they think that they're doing their congregation a favor by finding trendy sermons that they can preach as their own. Because it's contemporary language, it's their hip analogies and illustrations, and they just—they just—they're—they're they're barely giving milk. This isn't even Similac that's being served in a lot of these churches, and the congregation is never going to grow. The congregation will never rise above the pastor's spiritual maturity level. Can't because as soon as he does, you become more spiritually mature than your pastor, you're probably going to leave. If you don't feel like this guy is godly and growing in sanctification, you're going to go find somebody who is. You can't rise above the level of the pastor. And these hipster pastors, these cool people that are trying to grow themselves a church, I was going to say empire, but I thought I'd be charitable. They try to grow themselves a church. They are not helping people. And this type of loblolly that you're hearing about, Easter in a box, this is so common. It, this is a ministry dedicated to this type of shenanigan. You can get a series in a box. Oh, whew. I don't have to study the Bible for 20 hours this week. Oh, what a relief it is. Service packs. Uh, Jimmy, do you know what a service pack is? No, I have no clue. I, 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 my suspicion is it's everything that you need inside. That's a package. So it, it, it's got maybe the song selection for you. It certainly has things like graphics, what you need to put on the screen. Got to have those. Motion backgrounds oh. is what they're called. Mini movies. Oh, wow. We can show something that isn't biblical. Cool. (laughs) This is really going to help people celebrate the victorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. Countdown's got to have a countdown. Service begins in four, three, two. Everybody scream. How you doing this morning, church? And then they start playing Bon Jovi or 
something like that. And then they <laughs> and then they hold up their glow sticks during <laughs> the the B level <laughs> 80s rock and roll knockoff performance that's going on. They do that at churches now. At concerts, you used to bring a lighter. Well, we've got now you can hold up your cell phone, but in churches they'll they'll hand out glow sticks so that we can dim the lights and everybody's doing the glow stick. Oh boy. That's exactly what men want. Have me wave around a glow stick. Is it any wonder that they're not singing? And is any man going to stand there and go, you know, I really didn't want to be here today, but they started out with a Bon Jovi medley. That means, ooh, this is worthy of my attention. Don't think that's happening. But let's imagine for a moment, and I'm sure it's been done, if a church were going to do a relevant and hip Bon Jovi medley, Jimmy, how how familiar are you with the Bon Jovi catalog? It's been a while. Um, I can't think of any. I'm out. Yeah, I know they've they're they're like anthem. They they've sold like 40 million records. They're huge. I just don't remember. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And one more. Cl- hold on, I got you. Laodicea Records keeps cranking them out as we're pleased to present Bon Jovi Worship. Your faith will be built up with this collection of worship tunes from Bon Jovi. This collection has songs for every occasion in your church, like healing meetings and the ordination of elders. Oh. Get your copy of Bon Jovi Worship today. We even have an entire ready-made done-for-you series boxes to help you craft the best worship experience possible. It's, it's, it's an experience now. Like you're watching the cable TV experience. The best part is it's affordable and cost-effective. So, Jimmy, not only do you not have to prepare a sermon and grow in godliness because of it, this is a good deal that we're talking about here. How much is it going to run? Well, it depends on what you'd like, Jimmy. I want it all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like an accountant clacking away that'll be two ninety nine ninety nine. but hey jimmy what's your time worth oh. i mean really what is your time worth bastard preparing a service <laughs> you've got things to do and that's exactly what this email to me said since you can use all the content to plug into your worship experience it frees you up hmm to do what Shop for cool new clothes. Need some new skinny jeans. Do some. Do I got to get a haircut. I got to be look. I got to look sharp for Easter, man. I got to figure out a way to look like I'm dressing up for those stodgy, fuddy-duddy people, but not too dressed up so I don't turn off the hipsters. It's not easy being a pastor who blows around at the whims <laughs> of a society. So you can spend your time. Doing other things before, before besides providing the service. We, we, we've got to book the Easter Bunny for family photos. <sighs> I was, what, is, what a society we're living in. I was mall walking. I admit it. I, I have no shame. I was mall walking. 
And there was a place set up in the mall. The stores are going out of business, like left and just flies dropping. And there was a, a selfie store. And all it was was somebody, the former store, probably, you know, a candle company or something. And it had all of these places set up where you could take a selfie of yourself. That's our world. And they provide bunny rabbits at these Easter services. They probably have a list where you can rent an Easter bunny costume. Take pictures. Here's how to set up the camera. Is it any wonder we see this and go, ah, second rate show? It's, it's not, what's the word that we love these days? Authentic. Now, here's the question. Can we have people up front leading worship? And I think the answer is yes. I've seen it. I think we need to be super mindful. If we can learn any lesson from this observation that people, especially men, aren't singing because they think that they're just watching a show. It's a presentation like they're at a lame rock concert. What do they call it, Jimmy, when the band, it's it's like a knockoff band? I guess that's it, a knockoff band? Cover band. A cover band. Yeah. yeah that's basically what they're, and they don't sing along. Then we need to be careful on our platforms that we aren't having any sort of whiff of performance. Can it be done? Yes. I see it every Sunday at our church. Our worship leader stands up front, but you never get the sense, oh, he wants to be the center of attention and put on a show. I've seen this at at many churches, big ones, where the even even the people who are playing the instruments should be a pipe organ, but they've got all the instruments up on stage and it never feels like a show. If we're going to learn anything from this, let's just not, oh, these dumb churches, Let's make sure that we are at least asking some questions. Are we doing anything in our worship service, including being the center of attention and putting on a show that is diminishing the participation of the congregation in corporate worship? This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Congress approved a $1.5 trillion spending plan signed into law earlier this week by the president. The budget does retain the Hyde and Weldon amendments, but other provisions will be used to financially support the baby murder industry. The biggest being $200 million that has been earmarked for the Biden administration's Gender Equity and Equality Action Fund. The president says it's meant to advance security for women globally. The budget also reauthorized the Violence Against Women Act. And this doublespeak really falls apart. Advancing security for women, saying you're committed to stopping violence against women, but then at the same time, you provide funding to murder unborn female babies and also pass laws that tear down true equality that women have worked so hard for because you allow men to play dress up and take over all their sports, jobs, and awards. Disney is still making headlines with its disdain for a new Florida bill that prevents teachers from talking about transgenderism and homosexuality to five-year-olds. This time, it's Disney employees who identify as LGBT who say they are planning a walkout because Disney didn't do enough to oppose this bill that will harm members of the LGBT community. So let me get this straight. If teachers aren't allowed to talk to five-year-olds about male castration as a normal thing, then this brings harm to the entire LGBT community? Obviously, that statement doesn't make any sense, but suppose it did for just a moment. What about the harm this would cause to children who aren't even old enough to read? 
And it's not just Disney employees who are up in arms over the bill. Add another company to the mix, Marvel Comics, who also publicly condemned the legislation this week by pledging a strong commitment to protect the values of equality of the LGBT community. Meanwhile, Governor Ron DeSantis continues his strong commitment to the protection of the safety of minors in the state of Florida. And now even more about harming children, this time from a BLM activist in Boston who has been charged along with her husband for using a $6,000 grant which was meant for at-risk youth for a getaway to Maryland to go on a shopping spree and eat at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. I mean, I guess you have to weigh your options there, helping at-risk youth or eating at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. We plainly see who won out in this scenario, and it certainly wasn't the children. Okay, this one just has to make you laugh. The Santa Barbara, California City Council is considering declaring Chick-fil-A a public nuisance because the restaurant is too busy. You can apparently operate any type of business that's legal in Santa Barbara, California, just as long as you're not too successful. A Tennessee House subcommittee advanced a pro-life bill earlier this week that mirrors the Texas heartbeat ban. Baby murder has dropped 60% in the state of Texas since last September, and many other states have been following suit to protect unborn babies from needless murder. The bill now goes to the full House for approval. More Ratchet Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The book of Numbers tells the story of Israel's wandering in the desert for 40 years. The journey from Egypt to Canaan should have only taken 11 days, but Israel's grumbling and disobedience angered God, and none of the Israelites were allowed to enter the promised land. But God remained faithful and led their children into their inheritance. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Your forgiveness is requested in advance. Laodicea Records is proud to present Air Supply Worship. For decades, Air Supply has been the world's premier worship band. Reclaim your love for God again with Worship by Air Supply. God is our supply, not just for air, but for everything. Let air supply remind you how God makes life better. Get your copy of Air Supply Worship today. And by the way, there is a Roman Catholic version that includes every woman in the world. So when you're in that Mary part of the service, you can can utilize that song or something like that. This is Wretched Radio. So there I am reading an article that somebody sent to me at ideawretched.org for which I am really, really grateful Thank you for sending stuff. It is muy appreciated. Six surprises every premarital counselor should cover. Written by a guy named David Harvey. And I I read the name and I went, well, I've heard it. I'm not exactly sure why I know it. But then at the end, when I read his credentials, he's the guy who wrote, When Sinners Say I Do. 
It is an excellent book for couples that are considering marriage. It is an excellent book for every young person to read. And so this is a six-point summary of the things that you better think through and understand and be prepared for before you get married. And if you're thinking, well, I already am, it's too late for me. No, no, it's not. You can apply this to your current marriage. If adjustments need to be made, your mileage may vary. Number one thing that counselors should cover, the sin surprise. Bum, bum, bum. Wait a second. She was perfect. She always smiled and laughed at my jokes. She was never late. She always smelled so pretty. Oh, where'd she go? She, what she does with the toothpaste tube. She does it from the middle, not at the bottom. I can't believe that she doesn't turn around when she gets out of bed in the middle of the night and make it before getting back in. I can't believe what a sinner I'm living with. That is so common. And it there's, there's an aspect of this that you cannot persuade somebody young that you're marrying a sinner. Hence the title of Dave's book, When Sinners Say I Do. That's what you're marrying. Dating is a play. It's sort of like a megachurch worship service. We're just putting on a show. You're getting the best of the best. And with withholding of any sort of sinful behavior, you're not going to be exposed to your partner's sin. See what I did there, Jimmy? That's current language. That's right. Didn't say spout partners. Uh. <laughs> I want to make sure that we're on the right side of history or something like that. They sin a lot. This is from Dave Harvey. Engagement is like walking through an amusement park with fogged up glasses. <laughs> There's so much you don't see clearly, but who really cares? You're having fun. Here's the truth. Your fiance is more sinful than you know. If his or her sin hasn't already surprised you, get ready. It will. I'm not saying your future spouse is hiding something. You just don't have eyes to see what is there. An encouragement to you if you are dating and considering, hmm, I wonder if this person is right. You, you need help in assessing that person. You need help. You don't just need your family, but you need to be a part of the other, your, your potential spouse's family. How does he or she behave there in that context? What do siblings say? You should do that research because you need to understand as delightful as your engagement experience has been, that that person is going to sin. They're going to do things that are just agitating, that aren't even sinful, but just annoy you. They're just, it's just, that's, that's what happens when two sinners get put into a box. We collide into each other. And if you're not ready to realize I'm marrying a sinner and the reason one of the reasons that God has created this institution called marriage is for the two of us to help us sin less. I'm telling you, if you can reframe your marriage and how your spouse behaves, lose these types of words. Annoying, agitating, irritating. They just get up my note. Lose it. Just lose all of it. Because it's not biblical language. Instead, identify their behavior as either a sin or a preference issue. If it's a sin issue, you may or may not, because sometimes we don't have to point out all of our spouse's sins. 
in fact, should be the exception to the rule. But we should also try to recognize if that is a preference issue. It's not a sin issue. And if it's a preference issue, then I just have to suck it up, buttercup. I don't like it, so what? It will grow me in patience and kindness and losing my little picadillos that we don't think we have, but we do. We all do. Our patterns and our habits, how we get ready, how you do the laundry, all of it. Leaving every cabinet door open? Well, well, well. Sorry. Keep listening, Jimmy. (laughs) Keeping every cabinet door open. (laughs) Okay. A few days ago, I admitted what a selfish, thoughtless, ridiculous jerk I can be. Not that it needs pointing out. Is that would that happen to be an issue in the Hicks home? Oh, it used to be. It's not anymore. <laughs> All right, so let me ask you a question. <laughs> when you started to recognize that, let's just say somebody in the house would leave the cabinets open, did you just kind of, mm, and then after the bike, the seventh day, you just run out of gas. You can't take it. So you communicate to them your displeasure that they're keeping the drawers open. Did you ever do it this way? Slam! Oh, oh, yes, yes. yes. That, I, yeah, that sends the signal. I have taken, I've taken the doors off the hinges. Oh. <laughs> I just hit my desk and I fired off a sounder. Well, hold on a second. I want to hear about your sinful proclivities, but let's just try this again. Hold on. Okay, nothing. That happened. All right. Please, you continue. You were being a jerk. That's right. I said I have taken the doors off the hinges. Oh, no. (laughs) It drives me that crazy. Okay. Now, if somebody's being thoughtless or the cabinet's in a place where you can bonk your head, okay, say something. And you can even ask, hey, honey, you know what? We've all got issues. Here's one of mine. The cabinet's being left open. Could you please be mindful of that? Now you're done. And when your spouse or your kids fail to do that, suck it up, buttercup. Maybe that's what I'll call my marriage book. Suck it up, buttercup. That'll be good. I think that's going to help a lot of people. The second surprise that you should consider is that you can't afford health insurance. Okay, I'm making that one up, but I want to slip in a message for MediShare. If you're struggling to pay the insurance bill, woofta, check out MediShare. 400,000 members strong for billion dollars. You know what I'm like? I'm like Ben Shapiro. See, now I, I should do that at the beginning, formatically. Right. But Ben Shapiro, what I was watching a lot, in fact, probably all of the interview that he did with Bill Maher. So Ben Shapiro saying, and, and there's another consideration that he's all smart language and speaking 800 miles an hour. But sometimes getting a restful night of sleep is difficult. That's why you need to order this pillow. It's going to help you with your, and Bill Maher was losing it. What are you, do? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to talk and you just keep slipping in and... <laughs> For attorneys and casket companies, sorry for being like Ben Shapiro in that regard. MediShare, it might be an alternative that is good for you and your spouse because we just want you happily married here. Okay, now I'm stretching it. 
MediShare is a great organization. Now, it may not be right for you. That is a possibility. Check it out, though. MediShare.com slash wretched. MediShare.com slash wretched. Or call 844-34-BIBLE. Two minutes. They're going to give you a quote. The average family saves $500 a month. Uh, Even the pagans are starting to rip off this idea. They're, They're starting to come up with a secular version because they've seen it actually works. And it might just work for you and your family, especially if you're newly married and you want to get along and not be surprised by health insurance costs. Friel, you did it again. Metashare.com slash wretched. Metashare.com slash wretched. Surprise number two. Well, here's the surprise. We're just going to have to wait for the surprise because I spent an inordinate amount of time talking about Metashare.com slash wretched or 84434Bible. This is Wretched Radio. There are many struggles experienced by our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, specifically those who run the Master's Academy International. The biggest challenge for men attending TMEI, especially in our context in Ukraine, is the opposition from people in the church who oppose sound doctrine, and therefore men really struggle to transform their ministries in accordance with the Word of God. The Masters Academy International in Ukraine fighting a battle on two fronts. (laughs) You've got Russia, of course, and you have opposition from the church in Ukraine for biblically trained pastors to preach the gospel. Would you please consider supporting the Masters Academy International? Adopt a seminary, 17 different countries. Might want to turn your attention to Ukraine. To learn more about this amazing legacy ministry, visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Fabares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season 1 is also available along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road Trip to Truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of Season 1 and 2 of Road Trip to Truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. There are brothers and sisters in Ukraine who could use your help right now. Max, the Tomorrow Club's leader in Ukraine, visited us on the telephone to share the need that many believers in eastern Ukraine currently have. Our focus was children evangelism. And right now, we have to walk away from that and really serve those families who had to escape. Our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West trying to meet the needs of those families. It's a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. Pretty unlikely that you can visit Ukraine to help those brothers and sisters, but there are hands and feet on the ground, the Tomorrow Club leaders helping out brothers and sisters in need in Ukraine. To learn more about how you can help and support the Tomorrow Clubs, who we hope will quickly return to 
children of angelism. Learn more at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Revelation. God has revealed himself through many means, including the conscience. God has given each person a conscience so that they can understand his moral standard and their failure to keep that standard. While the conscience can be deadened and twisted by sin, every human being has an innate knowledge of God's law. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Surprise! This is Wretched Radio. There you are, dating somebody who's perfect. Then you say, I do, and you suddenly discover, whoa, I'm living with a sinner. Why didn't somebody tell me? Well, there's a really good chance somebody tried to, but you just didn't have ears to hear. You would do well if you are dating to get it really deeply fixed inside of you that you are not marrying Prince Charming or Princess Buttercup. You're marrying a sinner. It doesn't mean that the the deal is off. You just need to have your heart prepared and your mind prepared and your theology prepared. How do... Is it any wonder that pagans get divorced at the rate they do? Seriously. What do they have except just... I've just learned to live with it. Okay, well, that's nice. We, we, We would call that actually just growing in loving kindness, patience, and forbearance. And it can either be something that you're resigned to or that you embrace and actually grow in. You'll grow in the fruit of the Spirit when you marry a sinner. I mean, if you want to stay married. I don't know how unbelievers do it. How do they forgive time and time again? What, where do they go? What bank account can they withdraw forgiveness from? They can't. Christians can. Because we don't see our partner anymore as the one who provides happiness. We see them as a fellow sinner, and I'm a sinner too. In fact, I'm the chief of sinners, and we are on our way to heaven, holding hands together, helping one another to sin less and love Jesus more. That is a different way to frame marriage. And just consider the implications of that. If you struggle, for instance, to do devotional time, you're, you're not, it's, oh, i got to do the devotional thing and check off that box. No, no, no. It's so you can grow together in godliness and that, that your, your marriage can be in alignment with what God does to people who are married. He grows them or they just get agitated and abandon ship. From Dave Mur- Dave Murray. Who's David Murray? I know that name. I have no idea. It was David Murrow was another article. Uh, he was the guy who wrote the worship, Why Men Don't Sing in Church. Uh, so I just... So if David Harvey and Dave Murrow got married, oh, no. it'd be Dave Murray. See what I did right there? <laughs> did a little mash right there. So if, if Frederick March married... Tuesday Welch, and they had children, would it be Frederick Tuesday, Tuesday, March 2nd or something? Well, there, <laughs> there's a bunch of those where you can smash the things together. If they got married, their name would be, ha ha, ha ha. The sin surprise, the conflict surprise, that there are going to be conflicts in your home from David His name is Murray now. I thought the early years of marriage were about how my spouse needed to improve. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a recipe for disaster. You can guess where that led. According to marriage gurus, our early conflicts simply indicated a lack of communication skills. But the Bible says what causes quarrels and fights among you, is it not? Your passions at war within you. Be ready for it. Conflict is going to happen. And if it's your desire to fix your spouse, you're going to fail. And incidentally, you are not the supporting cast for the Holy Spirit in regards to your spouse's or your children's sanctification. You walk alongside them, encourage them to meet you at the foot of the cross, but we, 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 we can't force them to change. God has to do that. We're called to be faithful and loving and forgiving and patient and godly. Number three, if you're getting married or perhaps you're newly married, this one might hit the spot. The slow change surprise. Hey, I flip a switch. I get electricity. I turn the faucet and I get myself hot water. Why doesn't she change? I already, I told her twice now. I had to tell her twice to close the cabinet. Ah, that's what I'm I was sorry. about to say. Sorry. <laughs> I was just looking for some. All right. If Frederick March married Tuesday well, would she be, ah, she would be Mrs. She would be Tuesday, March the 2nd. <laughs> Did you sleep last night? Not much. Okay. Got two Amber Alerts in the middle of the night. Yeah, I remember those. Uh, we did 218 ask me i know made me a little crap then there was another one at five in the morning i i I love the amber alert that people can be made aware of it it's just that if you don't turn your ringer off wow is that going to rip you out of bed and you can't help anybody in the middle of the night most likely the slow change surprise that's a good one Walk in a dark room, throw a switch, you get light. Boom. We want spiritual change the same way. Hear a passage, throw on the switch of application, and change comes within an hour. That would make sense if Christianity were a vending machine, but it's not. Sanctification is a slow process. Consider how long it takes you to work through sin issues. We've got to give our spouses space. Jimmy, how many years have you been married? Uh, Almost 20. Okay, so... Let's just say about the whole cabinet business, 30, 30, just a little more time. Right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We're amazing. I mean, seriously, are we not amazing? Uh, How sad we can be and selfish. I'm and I'm the leader. The sex surprise is something else that a lot of couples should be made aware of before they say I do. This from uh, David Harvey Murray, the second Wednesday. For many, sex is far harder than they imagine, whether it's the past, physical pain, inhibitions, shame, difficulty kind of figuring things out, or the cloud of sexual abuse. People are going to bring that into the marriage. And and they, they might bring a lack of knowledge into the marriage in this regard. And if we aren't aware of that, we're going to get mad going to get frustrated, especially the fellas, going to get agitated. Be ready for it and remember what marriage is about and even what the procreative act is about. It's not merely for your fun. It is a picture of the gospel. It is an an intimate act that makes two fleshes one. 
in an intimate bond. It is far more than just whoop-de-doo. Be patient, be loving, and don't be surprised if it happens to you. That's always the way that it is, though. You hear a statistic. What do you, what was I, I was looking up something. I had a this or a that, and they, the, and they said, here's, here's what you typically do for that, but here's the side effects. And they even listed the percentages, and I'm like, okay, what are the odds I'm going to get this? Oh, it won't happen to me. We never think it's going to happen to me. It, it, it does happen to us. And it could happen to you. Don't be surprised. Number five, the parents slash in-laws surprise. This is going to harken back to Wayne Mack's book on the in-laws that we shared a few weeks ago here on Wretched Radio. Once a couple gets married, there's a seismic shift in the parents' role. Oh, ain't that the truth? And it's hard. And if you aren't aware of it, you, you, if you're younger, you need to hear this. Your mom and dad love you more than you can even begin to fathom. Oh, I know how much they love. No, you don't. You are, you are, you are half of their DNA. You have been cared for by them, loved by them, protected by them, nurtured by them. And now it's all changed. This is, this is the light switch change because you have to honor the primary new covenantal relationship that it's the young couple. Now they're a separate, uh, my authority it's shifted. It's changed. This is from David Harvey. They don't stop being mom and dad, but they can't expect to be honored the same way they were when the kids were young. That's hard for us. How time is spent, the frequency of being together, where holidays happen, expectations for seeing grandchildren, the way counsel or opinions are shared. All of these glorious blessings must move out of the realm of expectation and into the realm of collaboration. And we struggle with that. Please Please give your parents grace. Please. Did you cry when you lost your goldfish? Your your mom was right. You don't take care of things. The goldfish is going to die because you never feed it or clean the bowl. And one day when you happen to give it some sort of attention, there's Goldie, belly up. Were you sad? Doesn't even come close. Doesn't you've got a dog that died? Doesn't even you're you're you leaving the home for your parents is about a gazillion times. No, that's not big enough. A batrillion zillion squillion times harder. Be ready for it. Be patient with them. And with your kids who might not do it well. Both sides need to be aware of this issue. And finally, number six, the forgiveness is costly surprise. Quote, perhaps the most painful, oh, this is until everybody loves the idea of forgiveness, until they have to forgive something <laughs> and, and not receive payment back. Just taking it, absorbing it, not being like the wicked, unmerciful servant in 1820, Matthew 18, 28. Pay what you owe. Nope. Their sins were paid for by Jesus. We forgive and we get back to loving one another in our one flesh union as we walk hand in hand to Celestial City, growing in sanctification and our love for Jesus. Is that what your marriage looks like? Until tomorrow, go serve your king.